Rika Technologies and GodAndAppIdea.com present this week's episode of Incubate This in partnership with The Rika Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. <laughs> uh, to, that was too American. Uh, yeah, uh, well, because I'm trying to be American. I'm not trying <laughs> to be, you know, leprechaunish. <laughs> Leprechaunian. Leprechaunsky. Leprechaunsky. <laughs> Leprosy. <laughs> Leprosy, what? Uh, welcome back. We are here with Grant, Daryl, and Cynthia, and we think it is important. This is this, every now and then we do a public service announcement, uh, and this is one of them. And uh, this public service announcement is about why is it important that you have a technical co-founder. Um, we increasingly are running into more and more people who don't have a technology background. Maybe they've been working on their company for a while and they think they understand the technology well enough to be able to say how long something's going to take to do or how complicated something is. And while, while we recognize that you may understand a lot about your technology or your company or what you're doing, you there actually is value in having a technical co-founder or someone technical on your team who can give you sort of that reality check view of what's really happening under the covers. So we want to talk about that a little bit today and try and see if we can convince some of you why this is important and why you need to have it um, regardless of how you bring that person onto your team if you're building something that has any kind of a technology component, whether it's hardware, software, an app, a website, you need this. So, um, Daryl, this was, this was actually one that you brought up a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and I'm curious why. Well, I think what I mentioned to you was I've never, whenever I've worked for a company or on a project that had leadership that wasn't technical, it never worked out. Hmm. It always caused a problem because, you know, it's the classic, couldn't you just, right? right? That phrase got emitted more by those, those leaders. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to speak ill against these people because no, they're not, not bad. Yeah. We, let, let's just all. set like the landscape here. We are not saying that you're bad, wrong, stupid, right. any of that. If you have fallen into this trap, we're just trying to help illuminate why the trap looks like it does. Because this is one of those things that kind of is a little bit hidden under the surface if you're not really clear about it. And it could be the source of a lot of money wasted, time wasted, time spent on things that you can't understand what's happening and it's just because you don't have this level of understanding and that's okay, right? That, that is okay. And I, f- I think that speaks to also, it's not just that you need a technical co-founder or whatever. You need a technical co-founder who is good at translating this yes. nerd speak, who, who can explain things to you in a way that you're going to understand that's going to make sense. Yes. So that when you look at the AWS invoice and it just went up by 80%, they and can you're explain like, to what you. happened? Yeah. Somebody can sit down with you and say, okay, here's what happened to our volume. Here's how right. we had to scale in order because we picked up a new geographic region or something, you know? So it's, and it's an interesting point you make. It's, it, there is a distinction here in technical co-founder. It's not just a coder. You can't just, right. I, I mean, any coder on the planet who understands technology and writes code is not necessarily a good technical co-founder. 
Right. Right. And, and there's a, there's a, there's sort of a inverse converse fact, of that. A lot, probably the opposite is mostly true. Yes. Because a lot of technical people have gone on their own or partnered up with somebody to do something and it turned into, you know, pardon, pardon my French, but shit show. Yeah. After a year and a half or two years of effort. Yeah. We've seen that over and over again. Yeah. And we've all participated in it. Yep. And it's no different than saying anybody can be an entrepreneur, right? We right. we feel like there are a lot of people out there who have the ability to be an entrepreneur and that may not be un that may be untapped. Anyone can cook. Any yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean anyone can cook. It means from anywhere could come and from anyone could come that thing that makes an amazing entrepreneur, but it's right. not everyone. Right. Same with with a technical co-founder. It takes that same desire and spark and ability to speak to other people who are not technical people about technical things in a way that they all get it. But you also have to understand the technology. So so to Grant's point, it's it's a smaller subset. Yes. Just like, like with Darryl entrepreneurs. Just is making me grin because it made me think everybody can cook and there's Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. You look what, not only can he cook, but look at the entrepreneurial. Yes. Bent. I mean, he writes a book every year, opens yep. another hotel or restaurant every year. Yep. He has, you know, three shows going at any given time. Yeah. And he's inspirational. Yes. You know, so that. Yes. There's, there's the, the technical person to aspire to be. Yes. Or, you know, hopefully to find. Yes. Isn't he the one that curses at the. At times, yeah. Okay. You know, not. I just want to make sure I'm on the right page here. That's for, that's for TV too, really, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, because he's been written up as being very philanthropic, mm -hmm. and his brother died tragically mm -hmm. of Aww. addiction and uh, tore their family. You know. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm not knocking him. I just wanted to make sure I had the right <laughs> mental picture here. I, I, I read. I saw a meme the other day that said, "Imagine Gordon Ramsay as the voice of your uh, map." <laughs> you missed the bloody exit. Your <laughs> you need to see the new vacation movie. There's just there's a scene in it that you you reminded me of. We watched uh, it again the other night. That totally. I was watching an episode of the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, or yeah, the Great British Baking yeah. Show yesterday, and uh, the one of the girls got um, a baker of the week like three weeks in a row and every week she was calling her mom and saying, I got Baker of the week or whatever they mm -hmm. call it. Star and her Baker. mom was like, bloody hell, that's amazing. <laughs> and she was like, mom, we're on TV. And she's like, I know they'll cut it out. It's fine. And they're like, don't worry. <laughs> so funny. And she did it every week. So bloody hell is a bad thing to say. Apparently, Apparently it's, it you know, like, I mean, it's British television, yeah. you know, the queen and they have right. to wear nylons and whatever over there, you know. Yeah. I saw, well, I saw somebody write chuff the other day. Chuff. Yeah, I, I got so chuffed. chuffed about, yeah. about this. That's a real good thing. <laughs> yep. I got excited. And then I saw a little video clip, somebody being interviewed and an expression of surprise was shut the fridge. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. My favorite is taking the piss out of someone. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take piss out of anything. Really. <laughs> like, whatever. All right. But so anyway, veering, veering back, back around why you need a technical co-founder. They could be British. You don't they, know. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. We're not, we're not nationalists here. And, and the, the flip side of that though, yeah. is you want someone who can translate what you're saying into tech speak to the people, you know, your contractors, oh, your yeah. employees. All of those people, right? Yes. Because I take the specifications. <laughs> I take this, you need someone who can take the specifications 
<laughs> from the customer. People person. You people need a people person. person. <sighs> um, yeah, but, but you're. That's true. You need a translator who works in both, both directions. Ways. Yes. Yeah. Which which already <laughs> again sort of limits. <laughs> It again limits. Yes. You can't just go out and find any tech right. guy or gal and say, you're my technical co-founder because right. you can write code. Well, that might be good when it's just you two, but right. what are you going to do when you have a when successful you have, company? Yeah. And you, when have you have to have a couple of, of other people and now you have to have somebody who can ask. So in a, in a session with other people, I mean, we're almost, almost saying that this person, in addition to having technical skills, possibly some coding skills, if that's what you need or hardware skills, whatever that is, they also need to sort of act like a project manager and that mm -hmm. they need to be able to ask the right kinds of questions to suss out all the, all the details and all the nitty gritty before putting that into requirements and taking it back to a development team. Because you want to be a, a master of logistics. Yeah. And what order things have to happen and what requires other things to be done. Because if you can feel your way through that in technical projects, um, there's just huge amounts of time you can save where things normally can sometimes get stuck. Yes. Where, because somebody has been, your one party's focusing on one thing that is dependent on something that's not done and not seeing the forest for the trees where, oh, wait a minute, I could be working on this whole authentication branch. Yep. Um, yep. It's not always like that, but just knowing what is going to, what is, is going to cause a time lag. Yeah. It's, it's like logistical planning. Yeah. I did this thing where like if they knew it was going to take four, 14 days to get a permit for this construction that had to be built in. It's like, well, that's 14 days that we can be working down a whole bunch of other paths yep. that we Concurrent can still work. proceed on yes. without that permit. Yes. And as soon as it's done, yes. we can pull this, you know, so. Yeah. And I think there's this misconception. Oftentimes a technical co-founder, especially in very early stages, will end up being a CTO or mm -hmm. something, you know, some kind of technology officer in a C-suite. I think there's a misconception that that guy is the geekiest guy, geekiest guy in the company. Yeah. That's, that's really not the best... It, I mean, we've seen this a lot where we're at companies where the guy who gets promoted up the chain is just the dude who's been there the longest and understands the technical debt best. And do and and bumping him up into a management position is all, often a terrible idea. A horrible idea. That guy's not, not a people, people person. Yes. <laughs> well, this is making me think, though, of a lot of companies, maybe not a lot, that's probably, I shouldn't throw those qualifiers, of companies that, you know, famously started out as, a dreamer and a coder. Mm. Um, they both could, you know, the dreamer could do some coding, but, you know, I'm looking at Apple, I'm looking at Bill Gates and Paul Allen, mm -hmm. and that was it in the beginning. And they were successful to a point, but of course, I mean, obviously they recognize that he wants to stay in it. He's an engineering guy. Yeah. So let's let him lead some, you know, some certain parts of certain projects that are visionary and he wants to do, but we need to bring in somebody else too. Yeah. So but that's probably a good question to ask when you're looking for a technical co-founder. successful. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. It, it has been successful, but, you know, when you're looking for a technical co-founder, it's probably worthy to ask them, hey, is this, you know, do you want to be a CTO? Do you want to be managing people or Let, do you just want to help me get this off the Let's actually, this, this is pointing to a distinction we could make between having an equity partner who's a really good technologist who writes really great code, who has, you know, who, who is in the weeds, who is a really great engineer or architect versus what we're calling a technical co-founder, which involves this management, this people, you know, sometimes a tech co-founder needs to go pitch with you. 
Yes. I, I think that it's almost, um, it, I say, I feel like it almost naturally happens the way it should happen with people like a Gates or a Waz who are probably making some high level calls in the beginning because things are small. Yeah. Yes. Handle on this. Yep. We've got one or two products right yep. now. Yep. And as soon as it starts, it's the growth that happens after that where somebody like that, because I feel like I'm speaking from personal experience, looks at it and says, whoa, I don't know, how I to don't do know this. what's going on. I still kind of want to stay on this. Yeah. And that's okay. And yeah, that's when you sure. say, okay, the natural growth of the company requires. That now we need to hire for this kind of thing or whatever. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I, and that's the other misconception is, is I think a lot of people, you know, two people or three people get together and they start a company. And then as things progress, whether it's ego or whether it's expectation, people's feelings and, and thoughts about things get in the way. So when it, when it's obvious that, Hey, what we actually need is to hire a CTO, whoever's been that technology dude from the beginning gets butt hurt for lack of a better right. term, you know? Oh, you guys are getting me ready for something. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but that, that's, you know, I've thought of that. We've, I mean, we, sh we should all be thinking of stuff like that at different times of, you know, what's, the, who's the team? What's the yeah. team? What did people on the team do? And is it getting to be where that position is getting too hard right now? The field's gotten bigger and we need to bring other people in to help with that. Yep. Yep. And that's the thing that, that this is, so a lot of what I talk about in the startup therapy couch, a lot of what we talked about in our podcasts and our videos, we talk a lot about how important, how crucial the team is yep. to the success of a startup. That doesn't mean you have all the smartest people doing all the jobs all the time. It means that your team has the interest of your startup at heart every second of every day all along the way. And that means that if you have been doing the thing and all of a sudden you're not the guy qualified to do the thing, you're like, okay, we got to get on board with finding somebody who's qualified to do this and let me do the thing that I'm really good at because that's all in service of having the company be successful. So Everything a, else is just ego getting in the way of needing say. a title or needing recognition or needing something and why did you get into this? If you got into this to be on the speaking circuit, there are way better ways to right. do that. You know, if you got into this to be like a god of something in technology, there are way better ways to do that. If you got into this to have a successful startup, you do what you're good at and you be willing to say what you're not good at. Yeah. And what you, it sounds like you're saying is you need to put up a big sign that says, is this good for the company? <laughs> I think you just got to... Remember, I want to be good at cash and checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to. I want to be real good at that. So. But but if you can set your ego aside, and everybody needs to, and it's hard for everybody hard. on this planet. But if you can do that, and you really think, is this good that. for the company? Yeah. Then, you know, there there is a payoff in the end. And do you really want to be doing something that you're not good at? Are you going to be happy doing something that you're not good at? You know, are you going to be willing to get up and do it as? many days for as many years and as many hours a day as it's going to take to be successful. Right. Or would you rather have someone else come in that can take care of this? Now there, this, this kind of touches on, there's another avenue that you can take with this. And we've seen William do this with PubTech, which is go learn how to be a 
coder. Go right. learn the technical stuff. Right. 99% of the entrepreneurs out there are not going to want to do that. And no. I don't blame them because no. how do you, how do you start and run a company and learn this stuff at a low level like he did? Yeah. Well, but I mean, definitely to his credit, he's learned and done a lot more than I've ever seen somebody yes. like that move and do. He is still totally reliant on, especially your, you know, guidance in terms of setting things up in the world and yeah. actually making them. You know, a real, yeah. I mean, he could, he could run this on his home computer all he wants, but mm -hmm. he would need, he needs that kind of expertise and that sort of talk. And he recognizes that knowing, yeah. you know, the cloud. Yeah. Cloud. Yeah. Cloud. yeah. So inevitably he's going to have to find some technical leadership to bring on. Um, he's not going to be able to, to be CEO and CTO at the same time, but he, he, him doing what he did. It's gotten, to him, it's gotten him over a lot of humps. It's him a lot, uh, and it's also going to help him in his conversations with his future CTO. Yes, because, because he'll be able, he understands enough right. to get that person onboarded into the process to be able to say, here's what our technical debt is. Here's the places where we know we're going to have to make changes later. Here's the things we sort of shoehorned. Right. He knows a lot about it, a lot of areas. For, for the record, he's in a warehouse right now. Mm -hmm. Loading up the soldering uh, boards and literally soldering them yeah. and getting, yeah. getting them ready yeah. for shipping. Yep. Yep. So he, he kind of knows every, he's one of those, those founders who's going to be able to say, I've done every job in this company. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, not like, like you said, Daryl, not everybody needs to, or wants to, or has the capability or the desire to learn every job in their right. company. But you better know a lot about it. And in Go order to pick up a dummy's book, at least. Yeah. In order to know as much as you can, if you don't want to be in the weeds with it, you have to have somebody good who you trust them. Yep. You believe what they're saying and what they says, what they say to you makes sense. And it makes sense to everybody else right. that they're talking to. Because like we said, sorry, <laughs> like we said, this person is, they're a co-founder. They need to be able to act as if they are just, just as much invested and just as much, you know, the face of your company as you are. Right. So I think the thing that prompted this is we have a client. She's a very, she's a wonderful woman. She's working really, really hard. Um, she's had a couple technical co-founders kind of come and go over the last few years for various reasons, no, nothing to do with her. Um, and she came to us and asked for some sort of emergency level help. You know, she, she had some stuff that was happening with some of the modules in one of her apps on, on the iOS side. And she was like, oh my gosh, can you help me? And so we kind of dug in and sort of tried to touch as little as possible yeah. and go in and like pick apart this one piece that needed to be fixed and then, you know, crossed our fingers and shoved it out there and said, okay, make sure that works like you're hoping. And she was like, yay, it works. It's great. The problem is because she doesn't understand as, as deeply as a tech co-founder would, the technical debt, the issues, the pieces that have gone into play over the years of the app and, and the website and everything, she doesn't really know what it takes to do a lot of the things that she needs done. So one of the things was a, was a, I mean, it should be simple enough. It's a text update to a terms and conditions or a, mm -hmm. or a wait time for something or whatever. Right. So of course we start digging into the app looking for where is this, except that that's not actually in the app anywhere. No. <laughs> it's actually hosted on a website somewhere and 
you have to have access to all the website code, which is in different branches and all that. And she knew enough to be able to find the branches once we directed her to what we needed. But that actually didn't solve her problem because she needed a change in the app for something else she was doing so we could push out a new version. Right. And so we probably spent extra time going through that exercise to figure all that out that she wouldn't have had to spend if she had a technical co-founder who understood the structure of everything. Exactly. So in that way, it is going to cost her more money mm-hmm. over time. You know, the more that we get familiar, the more that we'll be able to say that kind of stuff. But if she stops using us and finds a different developer or whatever later, she's going to go through that whole thing again, yeah. potentially. So think of your tech co-founder as someone who has institutional knowledge about your company, your technology, what you're doing, and is almost like a backup to you. You know, all that stuff about the business side and about the industry specific, domain specific stuff, the market that you know, they know just the same amount of stuff on the technology side and wherever you overlap, that's where your partnership lives. So so that's probably one of the criteria you should look for in a technical co-founder, right? You need to find one that probably has a little bit of business background that understands the business side of it. Either they need to have a business background or they need to understand the industry they're working in really well. Yeah. Um, which can kind of be called the same thing. You know, I have I have an innate knowledge and a historical uh, buildup of knowledge from all of the businesses that I've built in all different all different industries over twenty some odd you know, years. Mm-hmm. For me, getting involved in a new industry is not that big of a deal because I know all the things that translate no matter what the industry is and I know how to ask the right questions to figure out what's new. That's the kind of thing that you need in a technical co-founder is either they've worked in that industry so they understand all the terminology and all the distinctions and all the pieces of what they're doing or they have a business background. Now, the, does that mean you need to find a technical co-founder who's a programmer who has an MBA? No. No. I've railed against the MBA system for so long. I'll do it again. I know it's annoying to a lot of people know me, but I have seen very, very good people completely ruined by MBA programs. You don't need to look for that. Okay. You heard it here. (laughs) You just need to find somebody who's got some, some damn common sense. The MBA is master of business administration and you have a startup. They're not administering an existing business. They're helping you start. A, a brand a new one, which is new. a different set of skills. Yes, 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 yes. You need somebody, you know, one of the biggest things we, we had a, we had a friend years and years ago. Um, he was very successful in a consulting company. He ended up selling his company to a, to Microsoft. Um, he was very, very successful. And then he went and got his MBA and he became this person who like thought he knew everything and thought he was the most valuable person in the room, even who, even though he had no domain experience or knowledge in the industry that he was working with us on building a company. And it just, it changed him in a way really? that was really disappointing. You know, it, it, it was, and, and I've seen that multiple times, not necessarily on that scale, mm-hmm. but where all of a sudden, oh, I have an MBA now, I know everything. 
Mm. And it's like every company is a little different and it's going to face a little bit different challenges. And you, you have to be able to think on your feet and outside of the box. In my experience, the two MBAs that I can think of that I know uh, is the opposite, but also they're both very entrepreneurial. Yeah. And you know one of them. Yeah. Um, so that, that maybe that's, that's the differentiator. Yeah. Is they, 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 they have an MBA and, you know, they, I'm sure they employ that background, but they want to build, they want to start companies. Yeah. And in order to build a successful startup, you have to be able to think differently. Yeah. This isn't show up nine to five and do a thing. I mean, we, we have a couple of projects that we did early on in our incubator um, that have not had nearly the success that we've had with clients since we developed our process and developed our startup program and sort of learned how to distinguish, you know, not just good ideas from or, or viable ideas from not, but also X factor entrepreneurs from yeah. not. Um, and the biggest distinction between the successful ones and the not successful ones is how they come at every problem in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you could look at problems and say, oh, well, I just have to throw more money at that to, to make it work. Or you could look at a problem and go, okay, how do I get creative and solve this problem in a way that actually elevates my brand or elevates, you know, my customer experience. And William has been doing this for five years and I can promise you he's not throwing money at problems. He never does. He's always like getting in the weeds and figuring it out and thinking of new stuff. And he'll call me and say, what do you think of this? And I'm like, that's brilliant. I'm writing that down. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to recommend that to like three other people I know are having this problem right now. So how creative are you? And going back to your technical co-founder, that person needs to be a creative thinker too. I mean, it's one thing, you know, this is why Grant is a fantastic, like, we're all kind of technical co-founders and co-founders and whatever grants ability to like take a step back and figure out a whole different way of doing something going completely outside the box is phenomenal. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It, it is phenomenal because I don't know about you, but me, I'm like square peg. I know that PHP fits that square peg. I'm going for it. <laughs> you know, like I'm just, I'm like, let's just get the problem solved. And grants like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Maybe there's like. a I faster. Like like I was thinking the other day, like there's things that I'll spend a week on that you'll sit down and get working by the end of the day. And it may but not be the prettiest better. <laughs> and, it, and it may have some hard coded <laughs> stuff and it, you know, and it may need some, but that, but I admire that. Cause I, if I'm on my own, there's times that I'll spend a week on stuff because I'm trying to figure out the best way, <laughs> you know, or, you know, how this will fit will that with that. And will this fit with that? And, you know, I, I like this works. I got this to work. You make it better. <laughs> now make it fit in with everything <laughs> yeah. and make it so we can start doing this with other things. Yeah. So I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is creativity does matter. And it's easy to think that, oh, technology, you know, that's very, very cerebral and very, you know, engineering. And there's one way to do things right. And it, that's not true at all. No, not at I all. I mean, we have found really creative. We've, we've got a couple of um, proposals out right now for projects that we're really excited about. And we have gotten super creative with how to bring the cost down to make it viable for some of these companies to get off the ground. And still make the money that we need to and meet our costs and all of that kind of stuff. And it just takes getting creative. So what, what's, what's the advice to people? How do, how do you find one of these? 
I mean, how do you, how do you find somebody? Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) Plus you can sell that old couch. You laugh about that, but I was listening to a podcast. um, I can't think of the, how I built that. Oh yeah. NPR. Um, Right. I I think it is an NPR. I'm not sure. Um, And he was interviewing, I can't remember the name of the company, but it's something like lobster rolls. It, that's how they found, that's how the, the start, the, the founder found his co-founder was really? through Craigslist. Really? <laughs> yeah. There's stories of those people in different big cities with cardboard signs, you know, MBA will work for, you know, yeah. more creative. That's the yeah. thing is they're always Again. creative enough to catch attention and they go viral and suddenly they get all these job offers. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of always kind of funny to watch. And you you got to think that's part of why, you know, it's, Creativity and it's uh, chutzpah, You're right? <laughs> chutzpah, chutzpah. Um, you got moxie, kid. You got moxie, kid. You got to spit from the back of your tongue to say chutzpah. Chutzpah. So, is this the kind of thing where let, let's just pretend for a second I'm an entrepreneur, I have an idea, or maybe even I have a product like like our client, and I'm searching for a technical co-founder. Where do I go? Do I go to meetups that are all like coders? Do I go? I mean. Like go to meetups, ask through your network, I think. Mm. Um, LinkedIn might be a LinkedIn, really great resource for that. Yep. Look um, for people who have like programming background or mm-hmm. some kind of experience in an industry, in the industry that you're in maybe. Yep. And just reach out to them and say, reach Hey, here's what I'm doing. I'm looking for a tech co-founder. Would you be interested or do you know anybody who might well, if be? You're, if you're looking for a tech co-founder, you said trust was a big thing. Yeah. Then you go to the people that you do trust now. Yeah. And you ask them. Yeah. Right. Who do they know? Who do they trust? And yeah. talk to these people and it's like getting a mechanic. I think a lot of it too is gut feel, you know, find someone you make, you have a connection with. Yeah. Um, cause that might go farther than anything. Right. You know, you have, you have a connection with them. You can, you have a rapport. So I, I that to me, that often covers that uh, overcomes any other objections, objections that, yeah. that you might otherwise have. Well, they're not that they don't seem like the, they don't have the the most background in C++, so I don't know if I want them, but who cares, right? Yeah, sort of like I don't have the most, I don't have a huge background in building a successful one of these, so let's go right. link arms and do it together because we get along and we know, we see eye to eye on how this yeah. should go. There used to be the, this concept they called uh, founder dating, which mm. was kind of like a meetup, but for the purpose, it was, it was like what it said, founder dating, right? I mean, yeah. Theranos. Theranos. <laughs> I don't know if they still, if, if anybody still does that, but you could go to those kind of things and you basically say, I'm a, I'm a whatever, and I'm looking for a technical co-founder. Yeah. Um, sort of reminds me of like 10, 10, 10. Yeah. Uh, which is that model where, you know, people have ideas, can pitch their ideas, and then people who want to be like either co-founders with that person or they're an entrepreneur looking for an idea. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of phone numbers on the bathroom wall. <laughs> If you've got a great startup idea, call. call. <laughs> um, another one, I don't know if they still do this. They, they, it was all the rage about 10 years ago. Um, startup weekends. Oh. And the idea behind startup weekend is you go and on Friday night, you, you have an idea and you pitch it to the room. And then you basically, in doing so, you try to get as many people. And so, you know, uh, you might have 50 ideas, but only four of them can be built. You try to gather enough people to your team to build this. And obviously several of those people are going to be coders. And then you spend uh, that night, Saturday, Saturday night, 
Sunday morning building something, building the thing, a prototype. And then you all pitch it on Sunday afternoon. Got it. And, um, uh, I did this with a, with a a previous startup that I had with my co-founder in Vegas. And we actually had Kevin Rose, uh, uh, as one of the judges, um, Tom, your friend, Tom from, uh, my, uh, my space, my space. Yeah. As one of the judges. And I don't remember who the third one was. Um, but uh, that was a that was a really neat experience. It was a really interesting experience because there were some great ideas that came out of that. Yeah. Um, so that's another avenue you could pursue if anybody is still doing that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And you get a prototype at the end of it, right? I mean, you have yeah. something to show off at the end of it, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Because you you I mean you also have I mean there were probably fifty to hundred people in the room yeah. at any given moment, especially during the pitch. So you have 50 to 100 people in addition to those judges telling you whether this is a marketable idea or not. Right. And like we talked about last week or, you know, the last last podcast we put out, 42% of companies fail because there's no market need. Right. Right. So in order to test all that, you need a prototype and you need to have other people listening and validating what you're, what you're saying and what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. You need somebody to play devil's advocate. And a lot of times a co-founder with you will be that person. You know, it's sort of like if you both have the same goal and the same vision, but you can ask hard questions of each other. I think that's really important. Yes. Being able to say, I know we've been talking about, I mean, we just went through this like a month ago where we finally came to the realization or I did, I guess that the, you know, basing our entire short-term cash flow business model on the, on the startup program doesn't work because we can't staff it enough to be able to bring in enough business at the price point where we don't have to add more people every time we bring on it. It's like incrementally more work all the time. And so it just never works. Like Uber. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. We're subsidizing a portion of everyone's startup program. (laughs) As our, Uh, as our old friend who will go unnamed. Yes. It did not scale. That's right. When he would ask, does it scale? No, it didn't scale. Doesn't scale. Um, But, you know, having, we have people in our circle in addition to each other. I mean, oftentimes we're asking hard questions of each other, but we also have other people in our circle who, I mean, my, my friend I was telling you about Mm -hmm. who I get on the phone with whenever I have a new idea. I mean, sometimes it sounds mean the way that he's pushing and poking and prodding and whatever. But that's what you want. But it's exactly what I want because I know when there's no more holes for him to poke, he says the magic words. That's a fundable idea. Yeah. And those are the words I'm looking for. So (laughs) if I can't get him to that place, there's nothing there, you know, and that's so having somebody who can help you do that analysis as well. If it can be a technical founder, that's great. If it's somebody in your life or an advisor or whatever, again, all of this is pointing to how critical your team is. And if you're building something that has a technology component, you need somebody who understands technology. You will, you will spend more time and more money and it will take longer to get things done if you don't have someone who is just as invested in your technology as you are in your business. It, it, it makes me think of the... You went to LA recently and you were telling me, you know, with one of our clients and she was, uh, was she pitching or was she? Yeah. Okay. So she was pitching. To a very big brand. Very big brand. A brand so big that Jill was excited, by the way. She's like, oh, I can't believe that. I can't wait. I know. Okay. I I had never heard of them, but. I know. Anyway. um, And I remember you telling me that often they would, they would ask her questions, probably very technical. And 
she had you there. Yes. As n- not really a technical co-founder, but kind of. Yeah, right. Right. She's she's one of our incubator clients, and and in an. In the early phase, phases, especially, Rika is generally acting as a technical co-founder. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm also we also mentor people on business and you know training CEOs how to be a CEO. You right. know that that's a big part of what we do too. Because a lot of times, especially with that particular thing, she was like, "Oh my gosh, we're meeting with the CEO of of this huge brand, and she's got all this power, and she's." you know, really smart and she has whatever. And I was like, you're a CEO too. And she needs you just as much as you need her. So remember that it's not an inequality. Right. It's just, it's a discussion and negotiation for how can we work together? The only difference is the number of zeros behind their revenue versus your revenue right that, now. Yeah, right now. And that doesn't matter in the long term. No. It, you still your zeros have something might be way bigger. In yeah, the end. you still have something that she wants that provides value to her yep. that she doesn't have the time or the energy or the desire to create. It was yours. So, so, so that's another attribute of your of any co-founder, really. But you know, in this context, a, a technical co-founder is someone who can be a cheerleader. Yeah, for you and yep. you for them. Yep. Yep. Being able being able to like pump each other up. I want yeah. to pump you up. <laughs> all right uh this has been another episode of incubate this uh with grant daryl and cynthia and uh we have uh we hope that our psa or public service announcement has reached across the airwaves and right into your heart <laughs> and that you will go on the search and do some founder dating uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys we'll see you next time this episode of Incubate This was brought to you by gotanappidea.com in partnership with Rika Technologies and The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology or at gotanappidea.com for more tips, tricks, strategies, and advice.